You're listening to The Pete and Sebastian Show on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. This is The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. Jimmy from Boston. So the shows want to watch pregame rituals, huh? Well, let's do our pop, boys. So listen up, JJ. It's time to buckle up that chin strap, tighten up them cleats, and get out there on that field and kick some fucking ass. Here, guess what? The Jacksonville Jaguars this week, I need you to get out there and tackle whatever shit quarterback they're throwing out there these days. You gotta attack that bastard like Petey's thighs attack one another in them white corduroy pants. And oh my god, Petey, listen, you've done some bouncy shit in your day. But to purchase and then wear a pair of cor- not only corduroy pants, White corduroy pants? What the hell are you thinking? Listen, kid, unless you are some sort of extra in a Johnny Holmes 80s waterbed porn, there is no need to possess a pair of white corduroy pants. Get your shit together, kid. Sweeping the floors, open up the doors here, turn on the lights, getting ready for the night. Nobody's romantic cause it's too early for dancing, but here comes the music. Bright lights flashing, you cover up the lacquer, so many people, so many problems, so many reasons to find another round. You could dance to another night on the town. With the big man, one man better than the other. Pete and Sebastian show, we are back. I, I think I let me let you explain the situation. You're at least on land. All right, uh, for the listeners, I'm I'm still trying to get a hang of what the hell's happening here. We have Pete at sea, but he's calling me from. I don't even know where you're calling me from, and. I gotta ask right off the bat because I know you're a man of uh, kind of uh, watching what you spend. What's this costing? (laughs) It is funny that you say that because it is pricey. And when you call, let's say it's, it's per minute, right? So let's say I call you. And I hang up or we disconnect after 61 seconds, okay? I get charged for two minutes, even though there's 59 seconds left over. So so it's like you could have three and a half hours of time. You leave like four messages. You go to make your next call and the lady comes on and goes, you have 34 minutes, lady. 34 minutes, lady. I didn't even get a hold of anybody. <laughs> So I got to know, what the hell is it costing a minute? Oh, you'd be, but you would be surprised for a straight through phone call like this. 
it's like you, you can get a $10 plan or a $20 plan and the $20 plan gives you like 120 minutes, two hours. So for 20 bucks, I for 20 bucks I get to do the cast. What are you kidding me, man? That's a no-brainer. Oh, all right. I'm thinking this is like a dollar 99 a minute. No, you know what it is more than anything? I couldn't figure out a method to do the show without internet. And then, you know, the stakes are higher now, man. People need to hear from us. There's a lot going on. We're moving and shaking. We got to keep the momentum going. And uh, I had to MacGyver that shit. I had to make my brain work overdrive. And all of a sudden, a light bulb went off. And I'm like, I think we can do through the phone. But let's not tell the secret, bro. It's so simple. But a lot of people would be blown away at the simplicity of it. You're right. And just to let the listeners know, we aren't even on the via Skype. This is actually a recorded phone call. And there's a couple of things I have to mention in regards to what's happening here. There is a slight delay, I would say four to five seconds on the on the call. So on the cast, you're maybe not going to hear the interruptions that Pete and I typically do if there was a story and I had a question or whatnot. It's going to be a different animal this show. However, the content and the humor is still alive and well. I couldn't agree more. Keep in mind, I'm on a ship somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Sebastian's in a hotel, uh, which he'll get to in Florida. Which and uh, so 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 nobody's nobody's near their studio. Nobody's on their home field. But again, the show must go on. It's going on. And having said all that. Do we get right into it? Do we get right into it? You had a big week. I mean, maybe we should tease it. Don't tease me, Marcin. I'm tempting. I'm teasing. Well, you know, I, I maybe we should. Maybe we should do a few things uh, kind of peppering around. Let's kind of talk daily life here. First of all, I want to know if you've been in, in any incidents on the boat. Has there been any uh, arguments, any travel experiences that we need to be filled in on here uh, before we start getting into uh, the, the, the meat and, and bones of this, of this show? Well, it's, it's interesting, man. I got I to gotta toe the line with what I say when I'm on this boat because obviously there's a reason I'm on the boat. Uh, but like, for example, tonight, this boat, apparently they did so scored so well on their last cleanliness test by the safety inspector that they're having a big party tonight for all the crew, uh, you know, in like some club that's normally for guests. Um, so everybody's very <clears throat> excited. They're all there right now. And they're like, you're getting ready for the party. We're going to the party. And my first question to you is, if I was on this boat and I wanted to go to that club tonight and they go, oh, it's closed tonight. We have a crew party. Uh, already, wouldn't you be at the front desk going, what the fuck? What do you mean it's closed? <laughs> I would think that they would have a crew party after all the guests de, you know, got, got off the, the boat and then they could have the whole boat to have their own party. But to have 
a crew employee party while people are paying customers are on the boat is come on man yeah well it's the same thing is they have this pool kitty pool area where they have these kitty characters that shoot water out and it slides and this that and it's like it'll entertain Sadie for hours and it's my go-to because she's coming on the boat next week and um it was broken and it was like it was literally black tarp tying it down and it said out of order right and I'm looking at they got another little baby pool and it's packed with kids because the first two days when the boat goes out you're at sea and there's nothing to do except hang out by the pools and it's packed with kids and I'm looking for angry parents because I'd be furious and dude I'm working on the boat and I'm going up to employees going so uh, what's up with that uh, kitty thing there man my daughter's coming on next week are we getting that figured out and they go well it should be by Wednesday and then come Wednesday I'm like what's going on with that thing are we getting that figured out and then by by uh, by uh, the next day after that, they come up to me and they go, uh, "We finally got it working, just for your daughter, you know." And I go, "Oh, you know." And I'm like, "Thanks so much." But in my head, I'm like, "You damn right, guy. I'll sink this fucking boat." <laughs> now, do you feel do you feel more like a passenger and a guest, or do you feel? It sounds like you feel like you don't work for the company. That that's such a fantastic question, dude. Because that's the yin and yang of this this you know nightmare when you're a performer and you and you're on one of these. I've never had this before, but this time I come on the boat and I look at my schedule, and they tell me one day from like nine thirty till eleven thirty. That's two hours in the morning. I have to go to some course about the neurovirus and boat safety. And I go to the guy in charge this time, the, the guy in charge of entertainment. And I go, dude, what's what's up with this? I don't do this stuff. I know it's ridiculous, but sometimes we have a strict captain, and he wants the entertainers to do it, and this particular captain wants the entertainers to, to do it. You with me so far? Yeah, I, I'd have to say that you are not liable to go to this damn thing. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe not, right? But if I say I'm not going to it, they, they'll go, great. When we get back to Miami, you can get off the boat. And it's like, obviously, I'm on the boat because I need the bread. I'm not on the boat for the, for the fucking toy slide with the kids, obviously, because that's out of order. <laughs> so are you going? Well, here's the deal, man. I went because I was thinking about making a stink out of it. But as you know, Jackie and Sadie are coming on next week. So even if I get out of it, and then next week they're like, well, you, now you have to do it. We talk to corporate. Now I got my family here and I'm doing this stupid thing. So I, I went to it and just, you know, said the hell with it. And my first thought was, well, I'm not going to pay attention, right? I'm just going to sit in the back. So, you know, I've been on this boat before and there's just so many nooks and crannies you don't know about. They take us down the staircase, four levels down, well underneath the, the water now. And then all of a sudden you, you come out into this big room and there's like 10 computers and they all have Rosetta Stone for free. And it's all for the crew to come down whenever they want and fucking work on English. <laughs> fucking cubicles were empty, bro. They don't give a shit. You know what? They're all in their room learning Russian. Let's be honest with fucking Putin. <laughs> so... 
So the the, the company gives uh, uh, lessons in language, um, just in case the people want to start picking up. This, this is this is not classes. This is all uh, on your own if you want to go down there. Yes, they have computers down there that have <clears throat> internet service, but the internet on the computers down in this particular place where I never was before. If you go on those computers, it'll only take you to the corporate website and all their policies or else to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> and, and I don't think anyone's buttering up on their French, if you know what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> so so then you walk, you walk past that room and then it opens up into this giant lecture room and you're like, Jesus, I never would have expected this is here, you know, with carpet and rows and rows of chairs and... You know, and, and like total yeah, student-type lecture thing. This is well, well away from passengers. And then you, I sit in the back. I figure, like I said, I'm not going to pay attention. And this guy comes out, and he starts up with his lecture, and he does a slideshow. And the slideshow is pretty quick. And after 20 minutes, he says, thank you for your time, and he walks out. So I go, well, this is... Why'd they say 11.30? That was no big deal. It was a dumb slideshow about norovirus. I'm gone. So I go out, follow, I go right out behind the guy. I'm the first one out. I'm, I'm out the door, and next thing you know, I hear another man back in the lecture room yell, okay, now sign up again, folks, because now we got to kick off with the safety course. Uh, where'd that gentleman go? Where'd that gentleman go? And I'm like, is he talking about me? And... I can see through, like, the glass window that, like, he's looking out the door as he's saying, where's that gentleman? I could see his reflection. So I peek my head in, and he goes, don't be afraid. Come on back in. Like, like what, what, do you, what do you think? I'm, like, nervous to learn English, and I'm coming to night school or something? What are you, who are you talking to, guy? <laughs> so, so I go back in, and he goes, where are you going? I go anywhere I'm going. The guy said he's done. And he goes, oh, we're done with that part. Now we got to do the safety course. Uh, have a seat. And I, so I sit down in the back. And this guy proceeds to tell everybody, some people do safety courses from England. Some people do safety course dis- differently. They just rattle it off and you can do what you want. If you sleep when I'm doing it, I'll call you out on it. I'll stop talking. I'll call you out. And we'll all wait. Uh, and he was doing this kind of stuff. Like people would look away for a second. He'd look back over and he'd go, sir, what's up? Are you all right? What, what are you looking at, sir? Listen to me, not that, and it was just brutal. This corporate world is brutal. And and by the way, this is lastly, this is the kind of stuff that's going on in this safety course. He goes, so no candles are allowed on the boat at all in your rooms, anywhere else. No matches or lighters can be used in your room because if you have a fire on the boat, and then he looks out at everyone. He goes, okay, everybody, when you have a fire at home, who do you call? And, like, nobody says anything, right? And he goes, who do you call if you have a fire at home? And, and then he finally he'll go, come on, people. Are you even listening? I want to go, yeah, dude, we're listening. We're just not retarded. We call a fucking fireman. So just continue with your lecture. <laughs> so, so he goes, you call a fireman. We're like, yeah, we know. Well, we don't have firemen on the boat, so we have to put the fire out ourselves. And I've been on boats with fire. And you're just like, dude, I sling jokes. What am I doing here? God, it's like one of those guys that's running a class and he's searching for the answer. Like he gives it to the class to answer, right? 
and 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 a lot of times, like you said, people don't want to go. And we call the fireman. You, you just you answer your own question and move the meeting along. <laughs> yeah, yes. Or else he'll go. Who's been on the ship before? And like nobody raises their hand. And he goes, who's first time on the ship? And nobody raises their hand. And then he looks at his board and he goes, well, I know 10 of you are new. So where are my new? And you're like, guy, just go, go into your thing, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyone? Anyone? The Great Depression passed the, anyone? Anyone? A tariff bill, the Hawley Smoot Tariff Act, which... Anyone raised or lowered, raised tariffs in an effort to collect more revenue for the federal government. Did it work? Anyone? Anyone know the effects? It did not work, and the United States sank deeper into the Great Depression. So, you know, so then there's that, and then once that's over, dude, it's just this, it's this overall thing of everybody on this boat is, like, mostly Filipino, but all foreign, and, like, you just... I just get worn out with, and this is nothing against them because, you know, they're all nice to each other and stuff, but, like, I just say hi to people and I get grunts or I get nods because, you know, <laughs> and I just want to be like, can somebody use the Rosetta Stone, please, so I can have a conversation in the elevator? <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, you got to love Royal Caribbean. Yeah, nobody knows. Is that the brand? Is that what he's on? Who knows? <laughs> like just two days ago you know like i'm uh i have a reception because i'm in saint thomas and i'm on the edge of the boat and i'm outside and i'm talking to jackie and i know this is not cool or anything but like i'm over the ledge over the water and i i spit but I, it wasn't like a you know i just spit as i'm talking to her and as soon as I spit, I go, oh, shit. And I turn around, I look behind me, and there's like four people drinking martinis and having lunch and seafood right through the window, and they're looking right at me. And not to sound conceited, but I've already done well on some shows if I can't do well on a fucking cruise ship, right, guy? So, so I'm like, all I need is one of them to go to the captain going, you know, the comedian was spitting over the side. So now I'm huffing and puffing around to another location. Jackie's like, why are you moving? You sound like you're moving. I go, ah, I spit over the ledge. I'm afraid they're going to report it. So I'm <laughs> it's just like, I, dude, it's more Navy than it is hotel floating on water when you're working on a cruise ship. Yeah. So that's... Wow. That's that. Wow, you can't, even, you can't even spit off the side without getting... Uh reprimanded oh dude then i go in to do the show and the mc is an old black guy <clears throat> and he's like i'm not used to doing 10 minutes i usually open for the temptations and the four seasons and, <laughs> and i'm like i don't know so what is that what's the difference with that but i come in and before the show i've never seen this before he's got his glasses on and i'm like what the hell's he got underneath his eyes it's like and i look closer and Somehow he made them stick. He's not even laying back. He's walking around the green room, but he's got lemons underneath each eye stuck there, le slices of lemon. And then right before they announce him, he takes the lemons off and he puts both hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so... <laughs> I, know, I know we're supposed to wait. 
and there's a delay. But I'm not, I'm dying to find out what the lemon thing is. I don't know what the the, the lemon thing is. I, I I I'm afraid to ask him because he's just like he's not. It's not like going well for the guy. He's like only on for a week, and it's a trial run, and uh, he's just you know he's been around forever and stuff, and it's like you know it's sad. It's like you know, god damn. But at the end of the day, I'm floating. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you're not walking around with lemons on your fucking eye. Oh, you got to – that would have been my first question, right? Even even me passing him on stage going up, I would have asked, you got to tell me what those lemons are for after I get off. No, this is the kind of guy that you don't ask anything because hey, not only does he have the lemons on him, and like I said, which I thought was weird and it took me a while, I didn't even realize it was lemons – until I saw slices of lemon on the table. And then I realized, oh, that's what's on his eyes. Because he's like, he's so nervous and he's walking all around and, and he's doing nine minutes, man, on a cruise, you know? So then right before when they're announcing him, he takes the lemons off and he puts both hands way up high against the wall. He stands facing the walls if like a cop was frisking you, but not. And he puts them way, way high up in the air. And he puts his head against the wall, and uh, he he like says some stuff about God, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, "What are you fucking oh. going to war, guy? Yeah, I mean, you're about to talk about the Lido deck having shuffleboard." <laughs> oh man! Before he gets off, though, you have to ask him. That's that's a definite question. I don't want to. I want to know if that uh, reduces swelling. What that? What is that? Well, check this out. Last night, after, right before the show, there's a little bathroom backstage. And he's on stage. Now, I told him, if I'm not here when you go on, don't worry. I'll be here when you announce me. And he goes, oh, that's fine. You don't have to be here anymore. So it was the first time I was doing that. So when I got into the green room, he was already on stage for a few minutes. So I got to go to the bathroom. I go to take a leak. I go into the bathroom. I hesitate to say this, bro. That was a per that was a natural delay. I lift up the bowl and there's crap like on the bowl like, you know, like it didn't hit the water when someone craps and it hits the back and sticks. And a little bit was yeah. e even on the underside of the seat. And I'm like you know, who would do this, you know? Most of the people that work on the boat are, like, real careful about their cleanliness. And then I'm so grossed out by it, I can't even touch it, and I go to wash my hands, and I grab a paper towel from this bathroom, and I dry my hands. And when I go back out, it was a very specific type of paper towel uh, only this back green room seemed to have. So then when I came out, his sliced lemons for that show were on the same type of paper towel, which made me think he took a dump while he had the lemons on his eyes in that fucking bowl, which made me not care for him more. But I still don't know. <laughs> well, that was a little rude. It doesn't mean I don't care for him. God damn, isn't it? It, it just means like, ew. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, you know, that totally turns you off when you find out that someone either left piss in the toilet in your bathroom and or shit i mean i'm sorry i'm sorry i've had this happen to me time and time again where i'm sharing the green room you know you go to the club and the feature the mc whatever they're in the green room 
and they decide to take a piss or use the bathroom, and then I go in there, it's either it uh, pisses just in the toilet, they look like they fucking hose down the uh, the bathroom, <laughs> they, they miss, right? And it's like, I, I, and then I'm thinking to myself, do I gotta announce when I come in on Thursday night, hey, listen, you use that bathroom, I better not see a drop of any of your fluid in the bathroom. Absolutely, man. It's like it should be understood. Yeah, so I'm totally with you. I mean, the lemons and and uh, the crap on the on the porcelain. Uh, the the guys running at a three out of ten right now. I can't totally prove that the bathroom was him. Yeah, well, I mean, put two and two together, man. <laughs> Oh, so that's where I'm at, man. That's where I'm at with that. Um, other than that, just one more short note. My face, as I get older, my physical appearance is really—it's really starting to bother me. Do you ever, do you ever have that feeling? Oh God, it's funny you mention this. I've been having this feeling for the last six months. I've been looking in the mirror, and I'm not recognizing who I'm seeing. <laughs> really, man. Yeah, I mean the, the I'm talking. Um, there's some like deep. I was talking to Lana about this. I go, I think I'm, I think I'm aging in the last six months more than I aged in the last five years. I feel like it just all kind of said, you know what? We're all gonna come out now. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, man. Why? What are you feeling? Well, you you know when like you know when like it like if you were gonna suck in on a straw or something. Right, I guess it's called your bowels, right? That line that comes around on each side of your mouth like a monkey has a bow. You mean jowls? Bowels are foreshitting. Yeah. Yeah, m mine is just so, mine is so thick and old now that if, I, if I'm in the sun for a while and then I take my fingers and I pull my skin back, there's a tan line where I, I didn't get color because there's a fold over on my fucking old face. <laughs> oh, man. I know exactly what you're talking about, right? It's coming right off the nostrils. It's almost like a mustache, but higher. Yeah, it's like if I was an extra in Planet of the Apes, I'd be out of hair and makeup a half hour before everybody else. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's getting, it's get, we're getting older, bro. And then Jackie one time took her fingers and just pushed up my skin to explain what a, what a facelift would be like. I mean, she just did a light push above each cheek, push back. I dropped 15 years. I could have moved to another town, said I'm 32 years old. No one would know. <laughs> Is that something that you would consider getting a, getting a facelift? Who, me? Oh, my God, no, man. But it's it just like yeah. I, I've been shaving sometimes, you know, more and more. And, uh, go clean shaven, let the beard grow, then go clean shaven. But I think I'm just going to buzz it now and never show skin again, man. No one needs to see this old map. I'm already Hey, this is DJ Lou. 
show within a show. Last week, the guys were talking about dreams. I like a good dream story. So last week, I had a dream about meeting Eddie Vedder. And it was so frustrating because I, the camera on my phone was broken and I couldn't, nobody had a camera phone, nobody was around. I'm not paying attention. So I couldn't prove that I was meeting him. This isn't even real, I'm fucking half listening. So then, he takes me surfing, which is really weird because I never surfed. It's the weirdest thing. I feel like I've been in a coma for about 20 years. I don't care. One more time. And we went out to eat, and he, he was singing to me a little bit. And we were talking about the writing process, and I, you know, I didn't tell him what a big fan I was because I didn't want to scare him away. And then, uh, still can't find a camera. I can't get any recording of this. Can't take a picture of us surfing. Fucking surfing with Eddie V. So then, Eddie V comes back to my dumpy apartment in Jersey, and uh, we start playing video games. Which is also weird because I don't play video games. I'm not a fucking gamer. No one cares about your dream, Fatso. Who edits your story? Jimmy from Boston? Here's another blowhard. Your grammar is perfect, by the way. And then all of a sudden, I see his shoes come off, and he's barefoot. And he says, well, I guess I'm staying the night. And then I woke up before things got too bouncy. Nothing wrong with a good dream story. This has been DJ Lou's show within a show. Boring you to death with a fucking Eddie Vedder dream story. Now back to the Pete and Sebastian show. So let's get into it, man. Comedians in cause. We didn't talk about it on before, the show. Before, before we get into that, I got to talk about something that's fresh on my mind. Sure, and I'm sure, here sure. in Miami, Florida, doing a corporate, doing a corporate gig in Miami here. And I just landed today, and I went over to Whole Foods to grab some stuff for the room. And then I saw Jimmy John's. Now, Lana's going to kill me that I had a Jimmy John's because she knows how my body reacts with uh, wheat products. And uh, But you know what? I saw it, and I'm like, I got I, I got a taste for a Jimmy John. Now, it's a sandwich place for those of you people that don't know what it is. I walk in. I'm the only person in the joint. And I walk in happy. I got a happy... Uh, aura about myself normally i walk in i don't really say much but i walk in i look at who's behind the counter it's a girl and a and a guy's making sandwiches so before i even size them up i go hey how's it going today and i get a look of like disappointment that i walked in so I look at the menu, I'm not really familiar with it, but I want to make a quick decision. So I see a turkey thing. I say, I get the turkey sandwich and I'll have it on this, this wheat bread. And you know, nothing, no, no. Like, I don't like when they don't tell you how much it is. 
like that you're like you're supposed to guess when they're done ringing it up you know like there's a yeah i like when they go that's six dollars and 81 cents i don't want to have to find it on the register so uh i get no total i go how much and then you know i, I you know like she gives me like a like a like a gesture towards towards the i go how much six anyone okay get a credit card now i'm sitting there waiting for the sandwich and the guy looks at me the guy making the sandwich is one of this guys that looks like he uh was an ex-football player but didn't have a backup plan he didn't make it into the nfl but now he's making sandwiches <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that guy so he's angry to begin with. He used to be sacking quarterbacks. Now he's taking out turkey and lettuce and slapping it on wheat. So he goes, hey, yo, huh, your sandwich is ready. Like, uh, angry. So I take this and I said, thank you. So I go outside. And I'm on the, uh, I'm on the patio. I'm eating the, the damn sandwich. And it was so good. So good. I had to go back in and get another sandwich. So I walk back in, and the guy's looking at me. I go, that sandwich was so delicious. I got to have you make me another one. Now, thinking, if, if you heard that as a, an employee somewhere, that you made something that was really good, that someone wants another one, it would put a smile on your face. The guy looked at me, and he goes, now, mind you, no one's come in the restaurant since I've ordered my sandwich. And he looks at me and he goes, what kind of sandwich was it? You just made it five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the chain. That's the problem with chains, man. Come on, you're telling me the guy literally made a sandwich? And then erased the memory of the sandwich out of his brain? Yeah, it's a Jimmy John's. Nobody working at any one of these chains <laughs> aspires to still work there. Like, like, there's a deli where I grew up in Long Island. The egg sandwiches are off the charts. I'd allow a deli. All the food there is amazing. I have a buddy I went to high school that works there now. His brother bought the deli. He works there, all right? This buddy of mine who works there is in his 40s, okay? I heard he works there. My first thought, I was more proud of him than if he were a goddamn doctor. This is the best <laughs> deli on Long Island, man. This is the kind of deli, if you go in there and get your coffee four days in a row, on the fifth day, they're going to look at you and go, two sugars, a uh, little cream, right, chief? That's, that's, that's what... <laughs> the guy at Jimmy John's, he's probably watching something on his phone on YouTube. You come in, oh, and I gotta make him a sandwich. Then you come back. By the way, did you go six? Did you go six inch right out of the gate? No, I went with one of those little wheat jobs. The uh, you know the two slices of wheat, not not the big long sub. Yeah, no. You know, like a loaf of bread. Now, see, I, I go 12-inch when I go Jimmy John's, number one. Number two, the prices are on the sign above you. Number three, you went with the wheat. As he's making the wheat, he's looking at you going, oh, this guy's going to be skipping back up here for another wheat sandwich in five minutes. 
<laughs> it's it's not a deli. You think you're in Chicago? You think you're back home in Schaumburg where you're going to go, Tony, are you kidding me with that salami? Do the same thing. <laughs> that's not America. That's what tr that's what Trump is trying to get back, baby. <laughs> Instead, you watch a debate last night. They want to give that guy Jimmy John's thirty-five thousand dollars in two weeks vacation. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh, I was just so blown away that the guy didn't remember the sandwich, and then. You know, he has to use the plastic gloves to make the sandwich, and then the girl wasn't up front, so he had to take the gloves off to use the register, and the look of anguish and sheer disappointment and disgust on this guy's face was just like, wow. But he made an unbelievable sandwich. I couldn't believe a sandwich like that was coming out of such anger, because I believe if you're passionate and happy and you're making food, the food tastes better. There was so much anger in this sandwich, but it was so delicious. However, I think I took on a lot of that anger by eating it. <laughs> well, there's a lot going on, man. You're a bit of a foodie, as you even say yourself. So for you to have Jimmy John's, maybe your body's just craving some like easy, you know, like just regular food because yeah, you don't treat yourself to that, you know? Yeah, it was good, though. It was so damn good. Sometimes I like going on the road by myself because, you know, and, and God bless Lana. She's trying to help me, you know, stay in shape and not go off course. And I have a tendency, once I get a Jimmy John in me, I'll do another Jimmy John. I don't know when to stop. It's like a drug almost. So, But sometimes when I go on the road, it's nice to just eat a Jimmy John in peace without getting looked at by your wife like you're, uh, like you're doing a line of coke. <laughs> but dude, there's also this is that's the key to making these kind of fast food sort of sandwich shops or burger shops. It's the key is you have to make the recipe to make the food so simple and yet still so delicious that even the most miserable person can slap it together and you'll bite into it and it'll be fantastic. Yeah, no no kidding. I could barely hear you. Did you move the phone away from your mouth? <clears throat> no, I'm here, man. You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, this is better. All right. No, it's, and, and just in, clo yeah, in, clo in closing with that, man, it's like when you said to that guy, that sandwich was so good, I, w I was literally getting goosebumps because that's just such an old school move that we all grew up with. We're, like, I, I was waiting for that guy to turn around and say to you, you, you like that one? The one I'm about to make you now, you got to fill out a medical form because you might have a heart attack halfway through. That's how good it's going to be. It's not. That's not America, though, anymore. Yeah, it's not. And I guess I was delusional to think that this guy was actually going to put a smile on his face because I really complimented on the way he made a sandwich. But, yeah, so... So that was that. I'm in. I'm in Miami. Like I said, uh, it's been it's been a hell of a week. Shit, it's been a hell of a two weeks uh, that I've been. I mean, number one, I've been doing this oddball comedy festival, and uh, the reason I did this, and I think I told you this before, was to get in front of a different audience that probably wouldn't typically come see what I do because the headliners of this thing is Aziz Ansari and Amy Schumer, and they tend to attract a different uh, 
clientele than I do. Younger crowd, maybe the millennials. So I figured, hey, let me get in front of these people. Plus, I wanted to do it because, uh, you know, I don't get a chance to tour with a lot of different comedians. I wanted to put myself out there, maybe make some new friends. Did I tell you the story already? Well, I mean, you told us all that part, but it's good to reset it up again. And okay. qu and quite frankly, just aside from any of that, dude, uh, right now Amy Schumer is like Julia Roberts after Pretty Woman. Who who wouldn't want to, you know, do a comedy show with her? So you don't... I, I understand yeah. your reasons, man, but... Uh, were there some Sebastian fans there as well? What's up? Tell me what happened. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, when I would would be announced, you would hear, like, some, some cheers. But, I mean, the, the you know, nothing nothing where, like, uh, I had a section. Um, and for those of you that hadn't been to Oddball, this is outside. It's amphitheaters, 20,000 people. So it's... Uh, it's a it's a big show and there's nine comedians on it and I did the last run in California. We went to Chula Vista, which is down by San Diego, and then we went to Irvine, and then last night was Mountain View and uh, Live Nation, who's promoting this, um, was using the private jet. They were charting a private jet, and I gotta tell you, man, there's no way to go but private and. Uh, to, to, to do a show, I felt I, I felt like Seinfeld. To do a show last night in San Jose, and take the jet down there, and then get off, get into a shuttle. The shuttle takes you, police escort, right into the thing. You do the show, police escort back, fly back, and you're in bed, your own bed, at 12:30. I was spoiled. Spoiled. That's that's really something, man. Holy cow! And then and, and then to turn around and get up this morning, and get on Virgin America, and sit in 10C. Wow! <laughs> slap in the face that one. <laughs> oh, that's like that's so. that's like Bradley Cooper in the movie Limitless. Like, guy, don't give me one pill unless you're ready to give me the whole goddamn bag. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I should have declined the damn private jet because it's uh, you could I could see where you could get uh, really used to that. So anyway, it's it's it was great. It was a great experience for me. Um, you know, I, I hung out with some people that uh, you know I typically never see. T.J. Miller, who's on that show Silicon Valley, really really nice guy. Jeff Ross, who was really really great the whole trip and. Uh, Big J Okerson, who I've not really hung out with at all, um, was also on this tour. So it was fun. We had a great time. And um, it's like, you know what? It takes me so long to warm up to like a group of people. There's people, and I don't know. I think it happened pretty quickly with me and you on the Toronto tour. It's just like, yeah, maybe that was that one day when I first got there. I was a little like, "All right, guy, let me let me just go to bed, and I'm not going to be drinking tonight or anything." So maybe it took me 24 hours, but I'm not this guy that like inserts myself into a group real easy. It it takes a good three four days for me to start coming around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's understood too, man. And and these this especially with what we do, it's so fleeting too. I mean, you know, sometimes you work with someone for five intense days. You're traveling all the time, like you said, maybe even a private jet. 
and then you may not see them again for three years. Yeah. But, you know, and I've also noticed this about myself, that I don't really share a lot of opinions of how I feel uh, to people I just kind of met. And I've noticed, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, and again, I, I, I tell these stories quite often either to my my wife or my mother, my father, my sister, whoever is close to me. So if this is redundant, please let me know. But we all know, and I think we touched on this before, we all know in the entertainment business that it tends to lean towards... Yeah, you brought this up uh, last show. uh, Yeah, but they were talking about it last night on the plane. Somebody asked me... uh, you know, if you had to vote, who would you vote for? And I basically told them, you know, I lean towards the right. And although I don't really see, you know, a, a guy, I'd have to say Trump really, although, you know, whatever the media says about it, if he's an idiot or whatnot, tends to be speaking with a lot of Americans feel. And uh, I'd have to go with him. And you would have thought... I mean, it was almost like I was blackballed. Yeah, well, they were... looked at me like they looked at me like the sandwich guy looked at me. Were you guys already on the jet in the air? Yeah. Thank God, right? <laughs> they be like, go back to the. <laughs> well, thank God, though. I, I thought they were gonna give me a parachute. <laughs> if you were on the runway, they'd be like, take it back to the gate, get them off, get them off. <laughs> I was I was getting gas the day uh, the day I was leaving to come to Miami to get on the boat, and I stopped to get gas right up on Main Street where I live, and there was a pickup truck, and whatever, it was a nice pickup truck. It's not like a redneck thing. I bring it up, but anyway, he had a Trump bumper sticker, and and I was literally thinking, wow, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen anyone actually go like you know, put it on the back of the car. It's is this really happening? Is this really happening? <laughs> I mean, do you know what you you know what it's going to be like for George Clooney to look at Trump and go, "Yes, Mr. President, oh, what the fuck, I want to throw up right now." That's what Clooney would be thinking. <laughs> oh god. Oh god, but it got into a political discussion on the airplane which I opted not to share any of my feelings and just kind of listened and nodded and you know, no one it never really came to me. Everybody was voicing their opinion, but I almost threw up based on some of the uh some of the stuff I was hearing. I was like, "Wow, I <laughs> no wonder we're, we're we're at where we're at as a country if this is the thought process." Oh, I know, right? They want it to be Halloween every day but for adults. Trick or treat, they're just not going to do it. You give them 20s. Everyone gives tw- <laughs> Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Fridays, we're giving 20s out. Come to my door. Holy shit. Dude, the candidates. Did you see the Democratic thing yesterday? I mean... I wish I did. I didn't. I was working, so I didn't get to see it. So could fill me in. What the hell happened? I just saw the photos and the lineup, and it's just like, come on, man. Really? Oh, well, I mean... I, I, I Listen, I, we don't get too political on the show, but, like, Bernie Sanders is just like... Guy... Guy, wait! I I can't I can't I can't have you next to Putin having a cup of coffee, man. Dude, I know you don't like Hillary, but she's she's 
a bitch, dude. She's a bitch. And, uh, right, I, I, look, she wouldn't be my first choice, but, like, what do we got going on? The options, I mean, listen, am I, am I really going to vote for Trump? Am I going to do that? That's weird. That's crazy. By the way, his wife is, like, a model. What the fuck is, that's weird. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, she can't. And all more reason to vote for him. But they're like, oh. You get a model in the White House. <laughs> like, I saw recently a reporter goes, you're not into women. I'd be like, I'm not into women. He's like, when's the last time you saw my wife, lady? <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so this is really, you know, and I don't know, man. So, but, um, so, um, anyway. The private jet thing. Let me ask you this: When you're on a private yeah. jet, when when you're on like when you're on this private jet, for example, okay. First of all, is Amy Schumer on this one with you? Who are you on with? Yes, the whole everybody is. Okay, everybody that's on the show is on the jet. Now, if Amy Schumer wanted, if she smoked cigarettes, if she was a cigarette smoker, which I don't think she is, I didn't think she was when I knew her. Uh, but if she lit up a cigarette on this. Plane. I know we had this conversation once with Vince Vaughn. You were on a private jet with him. Do you think anyone would say anything to Amy? Like no, not like. What about all the safety rules? Like, uh, what if when you go to take off, does someone say to you guys, "You have to put your seatbelt on"? It is so relaxed <coughs> on, a, on a private jet. Um, put it this way. You know all these rules that they have, you know, buckle up, seat backs, everything securely fastened, tray tables, all, all that shit, don't eat. That's out the window on the private jet. You could literally be playing a, like a like like tag football in the middle of the aisle on takeoff. I mean, people are sitting down, but as soon as you kind of get past that like little hump, eh, people are up. They're walking around. Wine is being served. Wow. There's no rules. <laughs> There's no rules. And, and and if Amy wants to light up or do whatever she wants to do, which she didn't do any of it, but if, you know, Aziz and Amy are the reason we're on the jet, then they, they do it. Now, if I if I light up, they're going to go, hey, 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 hey. You're one step away from Southwest. Yeah. All right? <laughs> wow, that's a, yeah, that's a. See, I always wondered about the safety rules when you're up there, but uh, I don't know, dude. You're right around the bend. How did it go with the uh, voiceover movie, by the way? Okay, so the voiceover stuff. I'm playing Johnny the Groundhog in the new Nut Job 2, starring Will uh, Arnett and uh, Catherine Heigl. Bobby Moynihan's in it from SNL. Uh, Jeff Dunham's in it. Gabriel Iglesias. Okay, so I get there. And this is a one of those things where you learn a little something on the Pete and Sebastian show. Call time is six o'clock. I show up at five forty-three. I walk into the uh, the studio where they're doing this, and uh, the audio guy's there. He's like, "Hey, how's it going, uh, Sebastian?" I said, "Yeah, nice to meet you." He's like, "Wow, you're you're early." I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm early." He goes, you've been the only one that's been early this whole time that we've been doing the voiceover work. And I go, yeah, I go, you know, 
why 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 wouldn't I? I've always been the type of guy, you know, 20, 15 minutes early to something like this, right? Wouldn't you come in that early? Yeah, yeah, especially first time, of course. Yeah, so I live my life, punctuality is the prince of politeness. That's my motto. And I got to tell you, you come early, and the director comes, and the writer, and they're like, wow, you're early. They, the whole thing was nothing about what we're going to be doing. They're stunned that I'm early. <laughs> <clears throat> and they're so happy about it because it get, keeps them on time. They might get out earlier. You know, it just, it, it sets a precedent and it sets, uh, it's a sense of professionalism in that. And I, I got to pat myself on the back here. It, it, it literally made the experience an A plus experience because I walked in right away. I feel confident just because they're, they're giving me praise that I'm early. So I go, yeah, shit, this is going to be a piece of cake. So we're sitting there with the director and the writer, and they're like, listen, you know, um, just keep the energy up. And, uh, you know, he goes, uh, you know, there's a part in the script. And I go, yeah, no, I read it. And they're like, oh, okay. I think they were stunned that I read the damn thing. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is coming in here that they didn't read it? <laughs> Right? I mean, I go, no, I read it. I read it so well that there was a part in the script because they gave me the sides. There's a part in the script and I go, wait a minute, this isn't this wasn't in the script. This was a rewrite, right? They're like, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's new. That was stunned. Wow. That I picked out a new a, a, a nuance. So anyway, I get into this sound booth. Before I go in, I tell them, listen, this is my first time I've ever done anything like this. And I was debating on whether or not to even say that, but I was really confident to say that because, you know, like sometimes you you want to act like you've been there before, right? Yeah, but, but this, this, I was like, you know what, guys, if you need anything from me that I ain't doing, please don't hesitate to tell me what you're looking for. I'm here to, you know, I'm here to work. I'm here to get what you guys want. Yeah, well, you definitely, you definitely, you definitely saying that. But as far as letting them know that uh, it's your first time doing it, this and they go, yeah, guy, you were here two hours early. We fucking know it's your first time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like uh, I'm being redundant. So I get in there and I, you know, I do the first line, do the second line, the third, the fourth. By the time I'm in fifth line, I get a, a thing. And, uh, they're like, uh, we can't believe this is your first time. You, you, you're really doing a great job. That's all I needed to hear. And I stepped it up a notch. I was so into this character. I was, uh, you know, they, they're like, run, you know, like, act like you're running. You're out of breath. I'm running in place. Act like you're lifting something heavy. I'm getting down on my freaking hands and knees. I was like turned into the fucking groundhog, man. You. It was a blast. I was that was there for an hour, and they're like, uh, really great stuff. We're gonna have you come back in six months, and we're gonna have you. You know, your voice is gonna be coming out of the groundhog. We're gonna do some other things, and I go, oh god, I could do this all day long 
Oh, that's so cool, man. I mean, and you know, the way those things work from the documentaries I've seen is, uh, you know, they tend to have the illustrators do more of what they do based on what the actors say. So there's a good chance that they could, like, play your stuff and go, dude, we're giving this groundhog way more lines than he originally had. Could, could happen. I'm hoping they take some of what I look like and infuse that into the groundhog. Why not, right? I mean, I don't know. Have you seen a picture of what the groundhog looks like? Yeah, I've seen it. But I've also seen what they've done with the characters in the first one. And when Will Arnett talks, he does have some nuances of Will Arnett in, in, the, in, the, in the mouth, the, the way the eyes look. You know, there's some... You can almost tell who it is through the animation, so I'm I'm hoping to God they throw some of my uh, mannerisms in there. But I gotta tell you, it was it was fantastic. I, I had a, I had a great time. So that was that. Now the biggie, the monster, comedians and cars. Yes. I get a call. Um, there's a car gonna pick me up at my place, and they're gonna take me to a house in Santa Monica because it's around where Jerry wants to take me for coffee. Plus, my house is under construction, so they picked like a, a house, of a, like a dummy house. So on the way there, I get a call from Jerry on the, on the phone. It's the first time I've ever talked to him on the phone. They just say, he's like, you know, just treat this like a talk show, you know, like a panel. You know, if you got a bit you want to throw in, but, you know, it's really casual. So, not great. So, I said, looking forward to this. He's like, yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to have fun. Okay. So, I'm at the house. Knock on the door. Door opens. It's, uh, it's Seinfeld. Now, I got to... It was almost like an out-of-body thing, because I, I couldn't believe what I was actually doing. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe... Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld is in front of me. Yeah, man. And we turn, we turn the bend, and he goes, "What do you think of the car?" The car is a 1969 Camaro Z28 orange with a white racing stripe on the hood, and it's beautiful. I mean, just a beautiful piece of work. And uh, he goes, "You like it?" I go, oh, "I like it. I love it. It's fantastic." We get into the car. And for 15 minutes, I I can't believe what I'm doing. I just can't believe it. It's like one of those things. It's like, come on, man. I mean, I've I been watching this guy since 1983. I think it's the first time I saw him on a charity show. And I actually told him this in the in the interview that he did something about uh, when you're taking a shower and somebody else's shower that there's a piece of hair on the wall. And you don't know how the hell it got there. Did it climb up? And, you know, it's the life of its own. Yeah, I, I just remember bit, yeah. that joke. And, the, and, uh, and you fast forward, you know, 30-some-odd years later, and you're in the front seat uh, talking to this guy. It, it's, uh, it was crazy for me. Yeah, so. yeah. No, it, <clears throat> it's got to be, man. Yeah, so he's just like, we're shooting the shit in the car, just small talking. Um, and we pull up to a place... Uh, it's called intelligence. Can I interrupt? A, one of these hipster type. Yeah. When when 
when he picks you up, okay, and you're at a dummy house, mm-hmm. um, first of all, some some just technical questions. Do are they doing like? Do they do hair and makeup on you? No. Okay, so you're there, and then do they say? Um, I mean, is Jerry already at the house when you get there? And he says, "All right, so I'm going to get in the car. I'm just going to come around the bend. You ready?" And then he just comes around the bend, or are they like looking at you, going, "Okay, Jerry's ten minutes away. Get ready." Yeah. So basically, what happens is I get to the house before Jerry gets to the house, and I get mic'd up, and the cameras kind of get in place, and he pulls up. And he calls me from outside. He's like, you ready for get some coffee? And I said, yes. And I hang up. And then the doorbell rings and he's there. So Okay, so. Yeah. He, you know, he, so, so even though you've hung out with Jerry one night at Gotham Comedy Club, and even though he calls you mm-hmm. right before the show starts, the very first time mm-hmm. you're seeing him to do comedians in cars, you're being filmed. Yeah, the cameras are all around us. So cool, man. That's got to be, I mean, that's that's just so crazy. I would be the same way, just an out-of-body experience. Okay, so there you are, and then you get in the car, and when you first get in the car, he says, what do you think of the car? And you have a little small talk. All right, I guess I have no more questions with that, so continue. So the car is hooked up with, like, three GoPro cameras, so you got cameras all in the car, too. Now, I was stunned that there was so much going on around the car. There is a car in front of you with a camera filming you from that perspective. There's a camera uh, car that comes on the side of you that's filming from the side of you. There is a police officer on a motorcycle kind of like escorting us through. There's so much going on around the car. In the show, it doesn't look that way. But there's a lot happening around you. And you, you tend to forget that after a while. But in the beginning, it, it's nuts. It's like, there's, there's, there's shit happening here. Now, when we pull up to the coffee place and get out, I can't believe the amount of people that are part of this production. There's, there's, there's cameras, there's security, there's cops, there's... there's, 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 there's it's a big, it's like a big wave of people walking down the sidewalk, and it's daunting. It's like you, you, you have to act like this is all kind of natural, but it, 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 it's not. It's not. No, it's not. You know, I mean, there's literally a person. There's there's a person three feet in front of you walking backwards with a chest camera. I mean, the the thing's on a harness. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. like, God, and he's talking. I'm like, what? So we go into this coffee joint, Intelligentsia, and it's very popular. It's on Abbott. Even when, you, even when you're walking into the coffee joint, are you like, do I hold the door for him? Does he hold it for me? Who goes in for you? are probably so self-aware. It's probably annoying you. Yeah, it's. It's one of those things where you're walking in with Jerry Seinfeld, so obviously people are going to look up. So it's like, how do you even, you know, like, how do you respond to this group of people coming into a coffee place with three cameras and Jerry Seinfeld? I mean, it's just crazy. So we're walking around and he's shopping. He's, he's comfortable. 
Not to say that I'm not comfortable. I'm just trying to figure out. Like, he goes up to the Danishes, and he's like, well, look at the Danish. Like, he acts like he's there with nobody else around him. I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, am I in the camera's way? Listen, he's comfortable because if Jerry Seinfeld decided tomorrow to run for president, I'm not saying he'd win, but he'd affect the outcome. That's... he. <laughs> The man's a legend. What I'm interested in knowing as you're going into this, okay, I know, um, you know, maybe you have a story or two you want to tell, but is there a part of you wondering, am I supposed to do what's natural? Because natural would be for me to tell him what he means to me and what he's meant to my comedy career, or am I supposed to pretend like we're already buddies and I'm a part of some club and it's not a fucking big deal that I'm with him right now? Is all is all, is all this going through your head? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, going into this, I was, wasn't really pre-planning any of the stuff that I wanted to say or mapping it out because I didn't want it to sound like it was planned. I wanted it to be more of an organic interview. If it came up, it came up and if it didn't, it didn't. At this at this point in the in the interview, I was just acting as if we were two guys hanging out. It would be like me and you going out for a cup of coffee, uh goofing around, very lighthearted stuff. There was not really anything that was you know, really being discussed that was, you know, heavy. It was just, uh, you know, I don't know if I could have that, Jerry. I've got a gluten problem, you know, so, you know, stuff like that. Right, right. Uh, and then we sat down. They had two seats there for us, so we commented about our environment. You know, he was commenting about the people at, at the coffee house. He kind of uh, goofed around with the barista. And, um, and we were just talking, just talking about comedy and... Uh, you know specifics I really can't get into a because I don't really remember and b I don't want to ruin it for when when people see the show but uh, just uh, you know talked about process talked about uh, uh, you know history uh, talked about I asked him a question do you did you enjoy writing more for the sitcom or do you enjoy more writing more for stand-up uh, and he, you know, just gave me some insight on how to write a sitcom and what to look for. And um, right, right. Well, let me yeah. let, let me ask you a couple of things though that are interesting. Yeah. Um, like first of all, like when when Jerry and I'm just putting myself right now in this position. If I was sitting there with Jerry and he said something to me, uh, I I know I'd be so nervous that I'm half listening. To, like if you're telling me something and it's funny afterwards, I'm laughing. If he says it and it's funny, I'm gonna laugh because it's probably funny. But I'm not I'm not even really listening because I'm just so blown away that I'm sitting here with you. So so like, are you like when he says certain things? Are you totally connected? Where you're just dying laughing, or you're like you're laughing a little? And then on top of that, my other question is. Did you have a moment where you made him laugh, and when you did, are you like, "Oh, I just made him laugh," or are you just in the conversation? Two great questions. The first question: Sometimes I would laugh, and you know, it's one of those laughs where I'm laughing and thinking at the same time. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you, you, dude, you're hanging out with a male version of Lucille fucking Ball, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And then there was times where he was laughing, and then I got like, I was in my head a little bit, and I was like, you ever, you, <laughs> you ever listening to someone, but you're listening, but you're not listening to what they're saying. You just know they're talking. And then he started to laugh, or there's a point where I know I should have been laughing with him, and I, my brain had to catch up to what was actually going on because I floated away somewhere. And there's there's those are times like that, and then there's times that I really made him laugh, which I was like, oh good. And you know he has a tendency to to I've noticed in his show kind of like over laugh at the uh, at the guests, um, which is you know what what hosts you know typically do is you know just make make the guests feel like they're at home. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's a couple ones that I, I think I generally got them. Um, well, I'm sure there's a lot of times you then, got them, but. Jerry also has a tendency, which I think is a good trait of a comedian. He wants to laugh, man. He wants to have a good time. He wants to giggle. So, like, any kind of thing he's doing, whether it's stand-up or an interview, he's he's never the guy who's going to... You're never going to hear Seinfeld go, how you doing, Jerry? He's like, mm, not that good. Oh, my wife and I just got in a huge fight. He's never going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he does like to laugh. He does like to hang out with comedians. He even said it in the in the interview saying that uh, he kind of stumbled upon comedians in cars. It was not something that he was looking for, which is, which was, uh, he did, he did say something which I really took to heart, <clears throat> especially in the business that we're in. He wasn't really looking to do anything. Uh, he was doing his stand up, and this kind of fell into his lap. And he goes, he made a, he made a reference to, uh, sometimes it's like a mouse in the house. It just appears. And that's what happened with this show. And he was relating that to my career uh, in regards to TV. And he goes, sometimes it just appears. And you know, you know, you could you could sit at home and go, what type of show am I gonna do? And what am I gonna do? Is it a reality show? Is it one of those uh, lifestyle shows? Is it a sitcom? What is it? And sometimes you can't even plan it. It just kind of happens like a there's a mouse in the house, and and all of a sudden you just you catch the mouse. So, you know, it gave me a little bit more of a perspective on how to look at uh, the world of entertainment and comedy. Uh, sometimes you could try and will this thing to happen, and sometimes it hits you kind of from the from the side. So, we. We had an espresso. Now, I, he, I didn't tell him I had a coffee before I got there. But I had an espresso, which I typically don't have. It's like one of those things, like, I order an espresso. I never have an espresso. But I just ordered it. And then after that, I had a cappuccino. Now, I'm wearing a, uh, like, a sports coat and a t-shirt underneath the sport coat. And in Los Angeles, it's been unseasonably hot. It's been like 95 degrees. If I could have done it over again, I would have probably wore just a T-shirt. Yeah, I saw I saw the photo. I saw the photo. And uh, you looked good, but it was a big photo from behind. You were in the sport jacket. And uh, can I just say, uh, do we have, um, is the uh, wardrobe guy involved in this? The fashion coach? Yeah, he, he styled it out. He did, okay. I didn't say that on the show. But he definitely came over and kind of put it all together. <clears throat> but I would have wore something a lot more cooler. Not, the, I mean, the jacket—it's a cool jacket as far as like the the fabric, uh, and it's light. But I just kind of wanted to to have um, a, a look uh, rather than just like a 
like a t-shirt but I'm talking to him, right? And I'm I'm a coffee, espresso, and cappuccino in. <laughs> and it's, a, it's eleven o'clock, and a a hotness comes over my entire body where my forehead visibly starts to sweat. I mean, I could feel it. I know, and he's he's glanced at my forehead at least two or three times. <laughs> and I, I had to take the napkin and dab my head. And after I did that, I, I just said, I don't know what the hell's in the coffee, but I'm overheating. I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm sweating. He's like, yeah, no, I could see that. I could see that. And I'm thinking to myself, not only am I sweating, but then on top of that, I'm also worried now that Oh, God, I'm the guy that looks like he's sweating on camera. So that adds a whole other level of heat. So I, t- I get a glass of water. I got to cool down. Finally, I cool down. That that heat spell lasted about 15 minutes. I don't know what he's going to do with that in the cutting room. But, man, I thought that... I thought that was the end of me when I started sweating like a slob, like a slob. Well, that's probably the so, that's probably the best part because that's just so you being you. You're like, listen, I don't know what's in that coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have our um, we have the coffee. Then he says to me, "I got something kind of special planned for you." I said, "Oh, okay." So we leave. Now we're walking down Abbott Kinney. And he's like looking into like stores, like look at that table or look at this. I have to interrupt. I have to interrupt. Walk into, yeah. Legend, maybe the biggest name in the history of comedy since since Carlin and Pryor. Not only are you on his show, not only are you doing all this, but he looks at you and says, "I have something special for you." I mean, dude, are you beside yeah. your fucking self? You're like, what did he? What did he bake me a cupcake? <laughs> so cool! All right, so you're walking down the street. What's going on? So when somebody tells you they got something special for you, and you don't know what it is, and you're doing the show and you're walking down Abbott Kinney, everything that he's pointing out, I possibly think that this is what he's got planned. So we were looking at two bikes. Like he's like, look at these two cool bikes. Now in my head, I'm like, is this is what he's got planned special for me that we're gonna hop on bikes? Because I wanted to rip the bikes apart. Like I was gonna go, bikes? Hey, come on, man. What is this? You know? And then he goes, oh, this is what I got. I didn't want him to go. Oh, this is what I got planned. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything we see, everything we see in my head, I'm thinking, I, I gotta make it. Regardless of how stupid it might be, I this could be the special thing. I don't want to knock the special thing. So we go into this like haberdashery place, which is you know got leather jackets, men's hats, scarves, and we start to put on hats. And I, you know, I was telling them, you know, I don't really look good in a hat. I got too big of a head, and every hat I ever put on, I don't look right. So. That's going to be one of those things where we're kind of goofing around in the in the in the place trying on hats. He tries on hats, I try on hats. We leave and we end up 
at this place, and it's a restaurant. It's not open, but it's open for us. Right. What would you guys spend three days together? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm I'm literally waiting for you to say, I I gotta go. Jerry's in the other room calling me. We're going back. We're going out. (laughs) All right. So so where are you after the hat place? Where are you after the hat place? So it's an Italian restaurant. We walk in and uh, we sit down. And he goes, I, I thought this is right up your alley. And they, they bring the menus. And right away they bring out bread, olive oil, vinegar, and olives. And he goes, uh, I've never done this, but you want you want wine? I go, do I want wine? Are you kidding me? He goes, I never had wine on the show before. I go, we're doing it now. So I I order two glasses of wine, and we have like an Italian meal, like not not a meal, but like a like a little like an appetizer, olives, little bread. We're sipping on some Italian wine, and it was fabulous. I mean, aside from the place not having air conditioning, which I was sweating again. Basically, I was sweating for four hours with this guy. Um, but to sit there and share a glass of wine and olives. He loves Italians, Jerry. Loves Italians. And uh, loves going to Italy. Loves wine. So uh, we sat there, shared a glass of wine, shot the shit in, uh, in a little Italian restaurant in Venice, and then uh, got back in the car, and uh, he took me back to the house, and uh, and that was that. Wow, man. And again, I can't get into what we kind of spoke about because, you know, the show's going to come out in January and I could talk more about it then. But, I mean, I give you broad brushstrokes of kind of what happened. Um, no, you gave all you gave all listeners plenty, dude. Wow. I mean, is there... When you, when you sat down at the Italian restaurant, all right, of course... This is so surreal. I'm still beyond. This is crazy. Now we're all we were at a Italian restaurant. Now he's having wine for the first time on his own show. Uh, comedians in cars and we're having coffee and we're having wine. This is crazy. All that's exciting and unbelievable. But is there at least a little part of you after the espresso and the coffee and the cappuccino? Are you going, oh my God, are we going with a four course meal right now? <laughs> Well, you know, I knew it was going to be, not that I knew, but I, I know he knows me, and I know he knows Mazzilli, and I don't know if Mazzilli was in, in his ear about kind of what I like, but Jerry had said, I take you for a man of taste, and uh, right there I, I knew we were going to do something that was kind of revolving around food and my culture. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Uh, but but spending four hours with this guy, um, it was about ten o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the afternoon, and when he dropped me off, and this is no secret because Fallon talked about it, he gave me an envelope of cash as like a thank you for doing this. Get out of here! Yeah, he gave. I mean, he gave you an envelope. An envelope came out of nowhere. Yeah, cash. Okay. 
because well, we talked about Sinatra. We talked about tipping. Uh, yeah, it, it was something. It was surreal. Wow. An envelope came out of nowhere. Wow. <laughs> that's that's almost a flashback to last week's show. You almost want to look at him the way I looked at the lady at the Tim Hortons and went, that's my move. <laughs> that's what I would do, man. <sighs> oh, God, would I do that. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Now the story ain't done. All right. Now, now I could get into, I could actually tell you what exactly happened within the next 24 hours. I do oddball that night, and I'm talking to um, one of the comedians. And he goes, I'm going to go see Seinfeld tomorrow night. Now, in my head, I'm like, I didn't even know Seinfeld was performing in Los Angeles. And I go, yeah. Because they, they knew that I did Comedians in Cars, and then we started talking about Jerry. And I go, oh, yeah, we're going to go see him tomorrow night at the Pantages Theater. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, he's performing? So I text his assistant, and I say, uh, totally cool if this can't happen. I'm not looking for freebies. I've been on the other end of this. I know how annoying it is. But do you think you could get four tickets to see Jerry on whatever, I think it was Saturday at the early show? I'll pay whatever, but I want good seats. Because I was going out with my sister and her her husband, my brother-in-law, and Lana and I. And my sister is a Seinfeld fanatic. She watches a show every night before she goes to bed. So, she goes, uh, hold on, stand by, let me see what I can do. She comes through with the tickets. Pick them up at will call, they're under your name. Now, this is for the next day. So, in the morning, she texts me, she's like, do you want to go back and see Seinfeld? I go, my sister would die. And she goes, well, let's kill her. <laughs> she gives me the information to go and see Seinfeld backstage. Now, we get there, and it's always kind of uh, fun in my eyes when you get left tickets to see where the tickets are. So, you know, we go in, and you really can't sometimes tell where you're sitting based on the ticket because who knows how they got the, the thing arranged. Third row. <laughs> Third row on the aisle. Like, you know, there's a seat, and it's not in the middle. It's like on the aisle, which I love because I love to sit with, you know, with nobody sitting to the left of me. Yeah, of course. Tickets were phenomenal. And I'm taking the whole damn thing in. I'm looking at how he's got the room lit, what's going on, what music's playing, how it's all kind of happening. I'm taking notes. This guy goes out there. First it was Larry Miller who opened up for him. And then uh, Jerry comes out. Looks fantastic. He's in a suit. Looks very comfortable. And... Uh, he does about an hour and 20 minutes, and it was like watching a, a, a master at work. I mean, tight, no no fat, 
jokes moved, you know, transitionally fantastic, just animated too. I mean, I was surprised how animated he was. So he does the show. My sister's dying laughing. I'm dying laughing. The thing's over. Now we're going to go see him backstage. And uh, I text the guy who we're supposed to text. He comes out. who's his road manager. Let's us in. Now, as we're walking in, there's a group, uh, an older group, about five or six people walking in as well. And they walk in the back of the dressing room. And we are like kind of backstage area, literally back in the back of the stage yeah and we're all talking kind of like in a circle me and my sister uh, my wife and uh, my brother-in-law and unbeknownst to us jerry comes kind of right up behind us and uh we didn't even see him the guy's like ladies and gentlemen jerry seinfeld and he's literally right there and we're like what the hell he goes what do you did you like the show and i go yeah yeah he goes then get the hell out of here I mean, this guy couldn't have been <laughs> any f- more friendlier than than he was to my Lana, to my sister. He was talking to us like we were the only ones he had to meet. Wow! So much so where, so much so where I've been on that other that that end where, you know. Uh, not not that I'm like always like all right, this is over, but. You know, like I didn't want to take up a lot of his time. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I did want. I did want a photo. But you know, he's goofing with us and just you know talking about the Mets. The Mets were playing and talking about the show. And my sister was like a, such a big fan. And he's like, he's very he was very like gracious and humble and you know just very very down to earth. And I said, could we get a photo? And we got the photo and. Uh, it, it was like uh, I couldn't. Uh, it's one of those things that I I will remember for the rest of my life. It was it was a crazy experience. Just the way he handled himself and the way he treated us was was like uh, he probably had you know he, he in the back he probably had uh, Chris Rock waiting for him. you know like I I don't know it, it was just unbelievable unbelievable. Well, listen. Let's all take a moment. That that story. <laughs> no, that story was so entertaining, dude. So entertaining, and it, it, I I literally sat back and enjoyed every second hearing that. The only thing next now is if Johnny Depp or Brad Pitt is telling you, <laughs> "Let's go look at the take together." I think we really nailed it. Okay, then you can say, "Oh my God, I was having a." Uh, it's officially... Luke, can we get a drum roll? Here we go. Sebastian Mascalco, you're officially on that level now that... Continue telling these stories. They're highly entertaining, but let's stop being blown away, okay? Because th- th- that's I, that's the world listen, you're in now. That's, listen, this is... That, no, you. The, up listen, until now is great. You, the, okay, yeah, but... This this was one of those things. Was an out of body experience. Of course, the, the thirty six hours that that I did with him in the car, and then him, you know, going to see him perform. It was it was one of those nights, you know. And then after that, we went out to this place, one of our favorite restaurants in Los Angeles, called Moza, to have a bottle of wine and pasta, and like just sit there and talk about the picture. The picture couldn't have come out any better. It's like one of those things that you get one shot, you get one photo, right? 
And a lot of times it's like, ah, oh, look at the lights in the back is washing. The photo matched the night. It was perfect. Everything was great. And, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I get it. You know, the, your, your career takes you certain places. And, you know, as you grow as a comedian, you start to encounter these things that uh, they, they blow you away because they're very new and exciting. I mean, of course. the first time you headlined or, or the first time you did anything in this business, it's one of those things like, whoa, I performed in front of a sold-out crowd. Isn't that great? It's uh, And then you do it again, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's sold out. And, you know, it, it doesn't have that same newness or luster. But I got to tell you, man, I don't think this is going to be the last time I'm blown away because it's every experience is new and exciting and if if you stop making it new and exciting it's not fun man. No, being blown away. Listen, this is this is a pinnacle here. This is a pinnacle. All these things moving forward can blow you away. But I'm just saying as a co-host of the Pete and Sebastian show, I'm not probably I'm going to be into them all big time, but I'm not going to go wow because you're rock and roll, baby. You're rocking and roll, and uh, I appreciate that. And that was yeah. that, that was my Johnny Carson moment. It was like being called over to the couch. And you know what's even uh, crazier now, dude, is yeah. like you know all those tiny little nuances of like you know uh, all these cameras on you, and you know they're on you. That's you're never gonna feel that way again. So now the next time you get you do any next time you do anything with Jerry, you're literally gonna walk in and go. Jerry, what are we doing? No, ba ba ba. Where's the wine? Da da da. You can, it's gonna be like Don Rickles, man. It's just, it's just. So it's really cool, dude. Really happy for yeah. you. It was. Uh, thanks. It was special. It was a special day. Um, but now is. What do I send as a thank you? What, what? What do you send? Oh man, as a thank you. Um. Uh. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. You, I don't think you send a thank you, man. I mean, you, you, come on, man. Yeah, you, you were on the show. You did a show for, uh, for for just an envelope. You know what's funny though? I have to bring up when you were out to dinner <clears throat> with your wife and your sister and your brother-in-law after having met Jerry and you know how much he means to uh, your sister and I mean, my sister would be the same way. It would just be so amazing. And then we'd be out to dinner and and we'd be we'd be looking at the photograph and we'd be talking about it. But the thing is, you ever have one of those kind of moments where you like like when you do a special or something. I've had that, and it's it's just all about what you just did, and we're all so excited and da da. And the and the minute one person at the dinner table turns it to something else, where they go like, you know, uh, Kathy got a B on her spelling bee test the other day. <laughs> you ever have that moment you had like, oh, we're off of me? We're off of me now? <laughs> you almost want to go, no, this whole, yeah, this whole night's me. This whole night is me. All right? It, it never goes back to your daughter. All right? <laughs> I know. It's like one of those things. You're right. It's like if it's about that person that night it's up to the person it's about to change the conversation to something else you just can't come out of left field and go and you want to see a picture of, and i don't want to see a picture of nothing but me and seinfeld <laughs> yeah for the whole night man that's the whole night <laughs> i mean i remember 
Uh, Jackie, Jackie asked me if I wanted a 40th birthday party, but I just did a special right around the same time, and everyone I know came out to the Comedy Central special and blah, blah, blah. So this would have been like two weeks later, and I was like, I don't want to have a party. It's all, it was already all about me, you know? So, because with family, with family, it's like, you look at your sister like, you just got to chat with Jerry Seinfeld. Why am I hearing anything else about family stuff other than that <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so cool dude oh god so yeah man it's uh it was great it's great stuff and I, i'm looking forward to to what he's gonna do with the edit and uh and how it's gonna look and all that stuff but uh yeah it's uh He's a work. He's a workaholic, and when it comes to comedy and stand up, and and he had said even on the show, you know, you hear these people that talk about these comedians like, oh, I only work an hour a night, and he's like, you don't work an hour a night. You're working constantly to go up for that hour a night. So, it, it was inspiring, man. It was inspiring to, to sit and watch another comedian for an hour, which I haven't done, God knows how long. And to see it as an audience member in a theater like that for 3,000 people, um, it, it was great. It was great. It was almost like a, uh, a little classroom for me to, to not only enjoy the stand-up, but just to enjoy kind of like you know, half of your brain's laughing, the other half is going, oh, yeah, really see how he wove that in you know so yeah. it was good i highly recommend it to go see him if you have a chance yeah listen i i mean i watched uh, <clears throat> i'm telling you for the last time well i mean i watched a lot of ones but seinfeld special i'm telling you for the last time is uh just it's flawless man i mean there is no fat it's set up jokes so it's just it's really something and, and, yeah and it's always Dude, I'm even inspired now just listening to that whole story, man, from a comedic standpoint, man. It's uh, comics, you know. It's a... Yeah, it's like hanging out with Michael Jordan if you're a basketball player and seeing him how he works and then you want to go play basketball. I mean, I couldn't wait to get on stage after seeing him just because I wanted to be that much better. So, um, yeah, that uh, that was it, man. It uh, Now I'm in Miami. And I'm doing a corporate gig for Applebee's. Oh, hey, you know, just interject last, a joke last from. Week uh, yeah. <laughs> last week was IHOP. Yeah. Last week was IHOP. This is Applebee's, and I'll be at the Dallas Improv this weekend. If you're gonna bring a date to see Pete Corielli's stand-up, enjoy the show, but don't get caught making out, as Pete says in this clip. But you can't hear it. It's not an Engelbert Humperdinck show, man.
things i want to wrap up before we do the show and yeah i still got the time but uh, number one uh a little recap from last week did you have you gotten a phone call from heights wine by the way no why have you heard you'll you got to hear the commercial from what you said last week if you're looking for wine you're looking for heights you gotta hear what dj lou did with that (laughs) dude it's it's literally (laughs) fucking great Yeah, you got to hear it, dude. It was unbelievable. I mean, he put some Spanish, like a little guitar picking over. It was fantastic. Um, Let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? I bet you love more, right? Well, uh, AdamandEve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, a specially selected toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. So what do you have to do to get 10 free gifts? It's not hard. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code PAS at checkout, and you'll get all 10 free gifts. Go check out adamandeve.com today, select one item, and get 10 free gifts, including free shipping when you enter offer code PAS. That's PAS at adamandeve.com. This is DJ Lou. Still sexy. Friday the 13th, November 13th, folks, 11 p.m., Showtime, my one-hour special premiere, so please tune in, man, please. And the other big, big news, and this is the biggest news, I have to just say, tonight, as we speak, today is my 15th wedding anniversary. And I just want to say I'm the luckiest man alive, baby. Happy birthday, Jeff. I mean, happy birthday. Holy shit, I've been on this boat too long. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Jack. I can't wait till you get on this goddamn boat. So that's that. Dude, great oh, show, dude. I fucking love hanging with you. Years. Yeah. Yeah, happy anniversary to both Pete and Jackie. 15 years. Uh, it's a testament to how uh, how much in love these two are. I mean, as you've been listening to the show over the last two and a half years, it's basically been uh, not only something that you could be entertained over, but it's also a manual on how to do a relationship, and Pete and Jackie have it down. Thanks, man. I, 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 I got a card when I unpacked on the boat. It was a card from her, and it said, don't open till our anniversary. And I opened up this morning, and read it and there was a little picture in there too and uh i cried i cried and then i called it today and i go oh nice <clears throat> i go i read your card i go i read your card and i go it made me cry and she goes you only cried because you're on a fucking boat <laughs> <laughs>
The show has ended. We finally got it working just for your daughter, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, thanks so much for my head. I'm like, you damn right, guy. I'll sink this fucking boat. <laughs>